0: Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound
1: the battle cry.
0: Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk.
1: For the Lord. Gird your armor on. Stand firm, Hello, your Andrew. Upon Hello, Holy Edwin. Lord. And welcome to a very special episode of Text Talk. <laughs> oh, good, a special episode. This is awesome. Well, my understanding was that we're going to have a, a quiet moment of reflection today. <laughs> Oh, okay. You're going to share some of the inner workings share, of your own heart. Share
0: now. from my own heart. Yeah, that you're going to
1: practice some of that transparency that we've been ripping on <laughs> the, all week. The, the real. Well, what would you call the emotional junk and <laughs> cathartic vomit or something like that? You've, you've had some zingers this I, week. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> How about you just go ahead and read it, and then we'll talk. <laughs> Psalm right. 73, what, Psalm what translation 73, are you going to What I
1: to? have here today is... My understanding is best-selling translation in these United States this year. You the, mean last year? Oh, yeah, it was. It was the 2022 list. Last year, it was the NIV. Mm. Psalm 73, a Psalm of Asaph. Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold, for I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. They are free from the burdens common to man. They are not plagued by human ills. Therefore pride is their necklace. They clothe themselves with violence. From their callous hearts comes iniquity. The evil conceits of their minds know no limits. They scoff and speak with malice. In their arrogance they threaten oppression. Their mouths lay claim to heaven, and their tongues take possession of the earth. Therefore their people turn to them and drink up waters in abundance. They say, How can God know? Does the Most High have knowledge? This is what the wicked are like. Always carefree, they increase in wealth. Surely in vain have I kept my heart pure. In vain have I washed my hands in innocence. All day long I have been plagued. I have been punished every morning. If I had said, I will speak thus... I would have betrayed your children. When I tried to understand all this, it was oppressive to me till I entered the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their final destiny. Surely you place them on slippery ground. You cast them down to ruin. How suddenly are they destroyed, completely swept away by terrors as a dream when one awakes. So when you arise, O Lord, you will despise them as fantasies. When my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, I was senseless and arrogant. I was a brute beast before you, yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand, you guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will take me into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Those who are far from you will perish. You destroy all who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, it is good to be near God. I have
0: made the sovereign Lord my refuge. I will tell of all your deeds. I told you the other day that this is not my favorite psalm. Psalm 16 is my favorite, but this psalm does have my favorite verse. Yeah, that's right. Psalm 7325 is my favorite verse in the entire Bible. In fact, you can even see right here in my psalm. See here? It's boxed, Mm -hmm. and right out beside it, in case I ever forgot this was the one that was my favorite, I wrote. Number one favorite verse. This
1: is, again, one of those times I wish we had video for our (laughs) podcast, because when you say boxed, it looks to me like you... Actually took a ruler out to get the line straight and draw the perfect box around
0: it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a reason it looks like that. Okay. <laughs> well, then I will testify. I bear witness. This is your favorite verse. Whom have I in heaven but you, and there's nothing on earth that I desire besides you. Here's, here, here's this place that Asaph ends up. He's got his struggle, mm-hmm. and yet what he comes back to is, no, you're, you're the one. You're the one. I want you more than I want anything else. I don't want what the what the wicked have. Okay, I see it. I see some of these wicked, they have wealth, they have prosperity, they have health, they've got they've got people who who hang around them and look up to them. I get it. I don't want all that. You know what I want, God? I want you. Yeah. I came into your sanctuary and I was reminded of you. I was reminded of getting to be with you. Right. I was reminded of being among your people. And I realized, no, this this is what I want. I want you. Mm -hmm. And um, it's actually, this reminds me of my second favorite verse, which is in Psalm 37 and verse four. So isn't that interesting? My favorite Psalm 16 actually doesn't even have my top two favorite verses. Psalm 37, I think actually, you know, 37, 73, They kind of go together, Mm -hmm. but in Psalm 37 and verse four, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And it's that idea, not of if I delight in God, he's going to give me the house I always wanted. And if I delight in God, he's going to give me the car I always wanted. But when I delight in God, what does my heart desire? It desires God. Mm -hmm. And so when I delight in God, I get God and I'll be delighted. And I think that's such a powerful thing. And here we've got Asaph coming to that same conclusion. I want you, Lord God. There's not anything else I want more than that. And I, I will tell you, I, I pray that. I I pray this statement. And usually it's followed up with, and Lord, please make that true. Please make mm. what I just <laughs> said true. I desire you more mm-hmm. than anything else in heaven and on earth. And Lord, please make that true. Because I say it, I say it, I remind myself, I hold it up as a goal for me. I don't think I'm there yet because there are too many things that distract me. There are too many things that I look at and think, yeah, but I really like that too.
1: <laughs> well, that kind of sounds to me like verse 26 here. My flesh and my heart may fail, <laughs> okay. but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that Well, that's beautiful. I appreciate you sharing that. One of the things I reflect upon is as I'm reading this again, verse 25 particularly, I think of it in light of the contrast we were drawing, Asaph serving the true God over and against all of the idols, all of the false gods. Mm -hmm. I mean, when he says that there's no one in heaven uh, other than God, I think in contrast to those that are worshiping the sun, worshiping the moon, worshiping all the stars. Mm -hmm. I mean, so many of the constellations informed the pagan religions. When he talks about how the earth has nothing I desire besides you, and so much of the idolatry was about the seasons, about the earth, people that are worshiping rocks and, you know, their graven images out of wood. I mean, to my mind, there's a wonderful commitment to a monotheism here Mm -hmm. over and against all the various expressions of the idols that, that vied
0: for his attention. Yes. The first command of the ten... You shall have no other gods before me. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's it's interesting that statement I do not believe means simply don't have any other gods that you place higher than me. Mm-hmm. It's don't have any other gods in my presence. You, yeah. know, it's, you you might even place me as the top god, but there's no other gods on the dais. Right. There's there's no other gods around me no other that, gods. that get to be a part of this. So so God is not simply saying just just make me your top one. Just just it's, it's make me the only, it's the only that, you know, there's, don't make me the highest God in your heart. Make me the only God in your heart. And I appreciate that because as long as
1: God is one of the gods in your hearts, I, in your heart, I think that this confusion is going to persist. I think that you're never going to come to the place of understanding the end
0: of the wicked. If God is not completely sovereign and standing alone. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength. That's the greatest commandment. And I think that's what we've got here, that that idea that God is the one who is complete, who fills all in all, who has all of my devotion, who has all of my desire. And when when I can be at that place where my heart is full with God, then nothing else is going to distract me. Nothing else is going to be appealing Nothing else is going to lure. Nothing else is going to turn my head. God is all there is. And, and that's, I, what, a, what a powerful place to be. What a place of freedom. Even, even when, like Paul, being taken prisoner, being beaten, being put in the, the dungeon, and they're chained, but able to sing praises and thanksgiving. Yeah. I mean, why was he able to do that? I think it's because... What, what do I want more than anything else? I want God. Yeah. And even though they've taken my freedom away, and even though they've taken my comfort away, and even though they've taken my pleasure away, and even, even though they've maybe taken money away, you, here as I'm sitting in this dungeon, do you know what I still have? I still have God. I have God, and that's what I want more than
1: anything else. Well, and, and you know, to that end, Paul even talks about sharing in the sufferings of Christ. Mm. There's an identification now with his Savior that he did not have before he was having that persecution or that imprisonment, that beating, what have you. Now I'm really being like Jesus. Mm. And and I tell you, that is such a different perspective, right? Because I, I think the temptation is if I'm suffering in that way, God has forsaken me. I'm not like Jesus. And Paul turned that around. No, no, this is this is what
0: they did to the Lord. I'm i I'm now more like Jesus than I was. I in in reading Timothy, I know Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, don't be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me as prisoner, mm-hmm. but share in the suffering for the gospel by the power of God. Again, we we mentioned this in one of the previous psalms about this concept of shame and the idea that shame in this ancient culture was the reflection. As, as we're in a relationship, in a covenant relationship with God, and in yeah. a covenant relationship with all God's people, what I do reflects on them. What they do reflects on me. What I do reflects on God. What God does reflects on me. And one of the things, therefore, that was a real problem for the Christians was, oh, you, you've got a main teacher, Paul, right? He's one. Of your, he's one of your big leaders. And where is he now? He's, he's right, in prison? Right. He's in prison. Huh. Well, why, if your God was so amazing would one of your main teachers be in prison? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Now, your leader, the one who got this started, that, that was a guy named Jesus, right? Yeah. Uh, wasn't he nailed to a cross? Yeah. I mean, if your God is so great, why is your Savior nailed to a cross? There was shame that came from that. Mm-hmm. You know, my my leader, the one I'm giving my allegiance to, was, was viewed by everyone as a criminal. Boy, that's kind of shameful. The guy who's leading us now, who seems to be leading the, one of the greatest spokesmen and voices for our movement, he's in jail. That's kind of shameful. And Paul is saying, "Well, th- this is this is the way it is. It, it really gets back to this thing about Asaph, as right?" He's, as he's saying, it creates that environment. I, I don't get it. Here, here are your people that are being devoted to you, and we're struggling. Whereas those guys that are following the idols, they're free. I, what, what's going on? Look at the
1: end. I sure appreciate you sharing that this is one of your favorite verses, and I guess my follow-up question is, how did it become so? When did uh, it become so?
0: Oh, man, it's, it's it's been a good long while. This This has been one that has really uh, been in my heart for, for years now, so I'm not sure I can get to the beginning of that, but it, I... I <sighs> I've loved the Psalms for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done a lot of study in prayer, yeah. which, of course, prayer is automatically going to lead you to the Psalms. I mean, because... you even wrote a book about yeah. the prayer in the Psalms. That's great. <laughs> yeah, cra- it's a good book. And so in, in going through the Psalms and looking at prayer, this is a verse that as I came across, it hit me, wow, can I really say this? Mm. Uh, this, this is... This is a statement. I mean, and I, and I hear that, and uh, there's a lot of them like that in the Psalms. I'm like, yeah. man, can I say this? And it, and it occurred to me, I want to be able to say this. I want this to be true for me. I'm not sure I can. Mm. And so I, so I, I think if I, if I can reconstruct maybe what happened years ago, it's that studying the Psalms and then studying them as a part of prayer and wanting to be able to pray the Psalms, I kind of hit this crisis of, but I don't think I can pray this verse. Wow, here's a verse that I have that I don't think I can pray, and where that where that really put me was, but I need to, mm. but I need yeah. to, which is why it started. What I was sharing with you earlier, I do pray it. I prayed a lot, but I followed up with, "Lord, make it true," because I'm because it it's still that struggle. I I I think as I piece together, and it's just that tension between where I want to be where I am, and I think that also fits with the psalm as a whole. Here's Asaph that I, yes. wants to be in a place, Absolutely. but he's struggling with where he is. Yeah. But what's he going to do? He's going to hang on. I'm going to hang on, and I'm going back to the sanctuary. I'm going to hang on, and I'm going to keep worshiping. I'm going to hang on, and I'm going to stick with the people who are worshiping God. And, and understand there's something more. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I know, I know, I don't know how long it's going to be, but we're going to get to the end. And I know God's going to be there, and I know God's going to take me to glory. And we're out of time, but I think that may be where we should pick up tomorrow. Yeah, I think so. Well, <laughs> holy, holy God, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, thank you for your patience. Uh, I, I can't help but see as Asaph talks about all these struggles that he has, he says that your counsel still guides him, that you still hold him by his right hand. And that's an amazing thing to me because I, I know this experience. And it amazes me to know that you and your patience, your mercy, your compassion, and your forgiveness, you hang on to us even while we're going through these difficulties. And I pray, Lord, for everyone who is listening, that's facing that themselves, that you will hold on to them, that they will come through, that they will continue to be a part of your sanctuary and in and among the people of your sanctuary, worshiping you, and that you will bring us home. Lord God, we love you so much. It's through your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at ChristiansMeetHere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at Occupeldridge.com.